Uh, so anyway, good to see you. Appreciate the things Brother Adam has, uh, has brought before us this morning. And uh, hope you'll pray for me uh, also during this time that we stand before you. Uh, I think, I don't know, I don't think I mentioned this as we were starting service this morning, but we did, I think we've communicated to everyone, I hope, if we've missed anybody, I apologize, but with uh, Sister Karen Johnson's funeral this afternoon, we're not going to have afternoon services, and I think uh, that's kind of the, that's kind of the plan, so anyway, if we, if we haven't communicated that to you, we have now, and uh, so uh, be, in, be in prayer for us. Uh, as Brother Adam has talked about, and uh, I think it's kind of, it's, I, I do love how some, you know, as you as you preach through the Bible, as he's preached through the Book of Matthew, and uh, I I have in times past preached through books of the Bible. Nothing like Matthew, like what Brother Adam has done over the last couple of years uh, that I've ever done. I don't think in that length of time, you know, that lengthy of a, a book. Usually, looking at some of the smaller books that we've that we've looked at. But as he's gone through that, I think it's kind of interesting that some of the things that have been on my mind and uh, you know it's just so interesting when you read the, look at the Bible and everything just kind of wraps around and trips all over each other and uh, how, how it works and so I, I always love that that even as you as you're looking over here and I, I get to press some subjects that I've been preaching on and you find oh okay that just wraps right back around what we've been talking about and so uh, as you know I've been talking about taking heed uh, to things and that God's word has t- told us Take heed, uh, pay attention to some things. We started this in Hebrews uh, where it says we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things that we've heard. Uh, and, of course, the whole purpose behind the, uh, the writer in there in Hebrews doing that at that time was because he saw the children of Israel giving, being given the commandments of God, seeing God like they had never seen him before in their life. You know, if you think about this, and I don't know, you know, I, I bring out little things maybe along the way that, uh, as we preach through this that I haven't thought of in other other times of getting up and talking about it. But uh, if you think about the, the, the one true and living God that uh, was the God of heaven and earth, the creator, uh, had appeared to Abraham. He had directed Abraham to go to a country that he had never never been to before. Told him that he would give him that land everywhere that his sole of his foot would tread upon. He'd give it to him. Uh, and he appeared to Abraham. He also appeared to Jacob. We look through the book of uh, we look through the book of Genesis, and we find Jacob uh, getting ready to flee away from his home after the uh, encounter him and Esau, and trying to get their father's blessing. And now he's going off to find him a him a, a bride. You know, well, God appears to him that night while he sleeps, and tells him that, you know, the place where you're laying is a sacred place and he has a dream of angels ascending and descending on a ladder. And say, well, okay, yeah, Brother Charles, we know all that. Why are you talking about that? Well, up until the, you know, so up until this point in time, at this point in time, God had appeared to Abraham. God had appeared to Jacob. Jacob had told his family about this God. Obviously, Joseph was a man uh, of God, one of Jacob's sons that we've been that uh, that I've been looking at and studying about how he'd gone down into Egypt. My point being, uh, this God, this Creator, this great God of ours, had appeared to Abraham. He had appeared to he had appeared to Jacob. He had been taught among Jacob's children. But now, as the 400 years later, after Jacob and his family had gone and followed Joseph down into Egypt, now suddenly we have the God of heaven and earth, the Creator, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, appearing to the nation Israel. 
millions of people coming out. And suddenly, he wasn't just appearing to Moses on the backside of the wilderness or to uh, Abraham uh, to go and leave Ur of Chaldees or to Jacob there that night when he appeared to him uh, there and he saw the angels ascending to death. He's now made himself manifest to the children of Israel, millions there. <clears throat> and so now the writer here in Hebrews says, uh, and he, and he, and as they, as he appeared to them, he parted the Red Sea. He gave them manna. He turned the bitter waters of uh, Marah sweet. Uh, he, uh, as uh, Moses went up to the mountain, they saw the thunderings and the lightnings and heard the voice of God. The, the entire camp of Israel heard all of this. <clears throat> and even after he had led them through this journey there in the wilderness, uh, they didn't enter into Canaan's land because they didn't believe God would give them that land with the giants and the walled cities and all that. So the writer of Hebrews said, says, give the more earnest heed to the things you've heard, lest at any time you let them slip. Uh, now, now he's warning them. What happened to the children of Israel? They fell, they died, and didn't enjoy the gracious goodness of God that they could have enjoyed in the land of Canaan because they didn't give the more earnest heed to the things they heard. And what they heard was, I'll give it to you. I'll deliver you. I'll bless you. I'll give you this land. But they didn't believe that. Uh, and so uh, they, they fell into a place of unbelief. So he says, Give them more earnest heed to these things. And so we've, as we've talked through this subject, we've talked about some things that God says, take heed, take heed to thyself. Take heed to God's teachings. Take heed to his doctrines. Why? Because there's a blessing in doing that for you, for your family, for you individually, uh, so that we can be a light to those that are around us and a blessing to those that are around us and to bring up our families and our children uh, that they might be blessed uh, to know this one true and living God and to enjoy the blessings that he has uh, for us here this side of heaven. Uh, and he, so he tells us to uh, take heed. Uh, we talked about this, I guess, starting last, last week. But uh, as we follow these things through in the book of Psalms, he, say, he told David, Take heed to thy ways, that, your tongue, that you not sin with your tongue. So, David, take heed to your tongue. That's a, that's a thing you ought to be paying attention to, is how do you control your tongue and how do you speak and what do you say. And so we've talked about that. We've talked about taking heed to God's commandments, taking heed to not having uh, worshiping idols or making uh, idol worship out of various things uh, that we could find here in this world. So last week, uh, I believe it was, we mentioned briefly uh, uh, talking about some of these things. In Matthew chapter 6, he tells them there to take heed... Uh, that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. So uh, take heed how you do your charity. Uh, that your charity not be done so that you go around bragging about what you're doing. Uh, we were we had a... Uh, a good, good little visit last night with uh, Brother Culver and his family there at the funeral home down in, uh, and so, and so, uh, Doris was sharing a little story about something Sister Culver had done at the, at the singing school back years ago. She would, she would see us, and some of you ladies may, uh, may, uh, relate to all this. She would see us bringing our knives from home and from the church up there to, to cut up all the vegetables and the things that had to be cut up in the lunchroom. And so, uh, she, she asked, uh, Doris one time, about said uh, you know y'all are bringing these she's and so very very quietly what did she do uh, uh she 
from home. She brought knives and donated them to the singing school. She didn't, she didn't go around, and her, her daughters did not even know that. That was my point of telling this. And, she's, they, and, the, and Denise and the others were saying last night, they, in the last number of days, talking to different people about their mom and so forth, they've been, they have been surprised at all the stuff she did that they had no idea that she did. Why? Because she didn't go around talking about what all she did. Her charity, her giving, her caring, her things that she did for others, she did it very quietly. She just did it uh, because it was something she knew needed to be done. She saw a need, she filled the gap. Uh, and that's what, and that's what God is talking about here. Take heed that you don't do your alms like the Pharisees do them and go around standing on the street corners saying, look at me, how I pray and what I do and how good I am and how I am good at observing the Sabbath and so forth. He says, don't do your charity like they do it. They're doing it the wrong way. <laughs> uh, and so as, uh, as we look through that, we talked about some of that. He also warned them in Matthew chapter 16. We'll turn over there real real quickly. Uh, uh, there in, in Matthew chapter 16, he, warned, he warns them once again uh, that they uh, beware of the let Take heed of the leaven of the Pharisees. Uh, uh, so take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Why? What was the, what was the leaven of the Pharisees? What if you turn over into the book of Luke, he tells you there, the leaven of the Pharisees was hypocrisy. <laughs> they, they were hypocrites. Uh, they, were, they were going around telling everybody what they needed to do, but they themselves weren't doing that. Uh, and so he says, uh, beware of the leaven. Of course, you know, as, as I told you last week, uh, part, they got all confused because they were about to go, go over to the other country and they thought they had forgotten bread and God, Jesus had to remind them, I'm not talking about bread uh, right now because if, if you needed bread, uh, I could take a few loaves and a few fishes and feed the multitudes like I've done before. That's not, the bread is not the issue here. It's what people are teaching. And what they're showing. So I think that's a good word. Take heed for us um, that we do that. Uh, you know, it's, it's always, uh, you know, parents can fall off into this r- real easily, you know, and say, well, don't do as I do, do as I say do. Well, uh, that sounds real good. But, you know, the truth is you ought to be doing what you're telling your kids to do uh, uh, so that you can set a good example for them. And the same is true for us as Christians uh, here in the church and in our community. Uh, you know, we can talk about how we ought to be giving, uh, 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 doing our charity, how we ought to be giving, how we ought to be taking care of this group of people or that group of people. But if we're not doing that ourselves, we're kind of wasting our words away. And so many and people will look at us and say, well, they're just hypocrites. Uh, they talk about doing all this, but don't do it. Uh, so uh, that's, that's the warnings. The, these take heeds are warnings to us. Uh, beware, take heed, be, uh, be thoughtful and mindful. So uh, as, we, as we get to that, uh, uh, we mentioned again last week, uh, Matthew chapter 18, uh, he says, uh, take heed that you despise not any of these little ones. Don't be, don't dis- be despising God's little children. Why? Because uh, uh, of such is the kingdom of heaven. So uh, we need to be aware that, uh, you know, in times past, uh, and, uh, you know, I didn't experience, I don't think I experienced this so much myself, uh, but I heard my mom talk a lot about this, that in their age and their age group, uh, uh, Sister Bobby's probably close to this. She probably remember, might remember some of this. I didn't experience this because my parents, I guess, said, 
This is not happening with my kids. But anyway, she remembered, my mom remembered growing up when uh, they would have people over for lunch or for Sunday lunch or whatever was going on. The kids all stood over there and waited till the adults had eaten and gotten their plates filled. And if there was something left, the kids got it. Well, my mom and dad made sure the kids ate first <laughs> and took care. Don't despise these little ones. And don't treat them wrong just because they're little ones. I think that's the that's the point for all of us. Just because uh, young children here don't despise the little children. That that's God's that's God's kingdom, God's blessing. We're, we're to have the heart and mind and spirit and soul of these little children that are here uh, that love the Lord. They don't know exactly why. Maybe they love the Lord, but they know God is real. They know He created all things, and uh, and, and they've got a heart and a mind of charity and a kindness about them that ought to be. Uh, that's the reason he tells us to humble ourselves as a little child, uh, that we might enter into the kingdom of heaven. So uh, don't despise, take heed that you despise not God's little ones, uh, that we uh, treat them treat them wrong. All right, so uh, I was headed toward this, and we'll get over there to this real quickly. Matthew chapter 24. Ha! Yes, we're tripping all over right where Brother Adam was at, and he mentioned this last week. He didn't get uh, mentioned this so much as well. He did kind of today a little bit. But here, in, uh, as they were asking uh, Jesus here at the temple, uh, as they were looking out across uh, all the buildings of the temple, and Jesus said to them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, verse 2, uh, there shall not, not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. When we were, uh, when we were over in uh, Israel uh, on, on a couple of the, tri- on the trips we've been over there, they take, they take us down inside the, uh, you know, really now that as I've learned more about what the destruction of Jerusalem is all about. And, uh, the, you know, sometimes for me, the second trip over there was even more interesting because they carried us down into a, uh, their uncovering at the Pool of Siloam. In fact, I've, I saw and read, been reading online, they've even uncovered it more. There's a, there's a street there that's now underneath the, the rubble of the city. You're talking about one stone not being left upon another. They really did destroy that thing. Not only did the Romans destroy it, but of course the uh, Islam has come in there. The Muslims came in there and they further destroyed things and tore things down. So even some of the walls and things, the buildings you see over there now, the stones that are fitted in there were put back in place there by the by the Muslims that occupied the city. But anyway, they carry you down into this level that's underneath the ground. And, and all of a sudden, as the archaeologists have dug out under there, you find the street that exists there in Jerusalem uh, that would have been from the Pool of Siloam back up to the Temple Mount. And then they carry you there as we went around in the city this 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 past year when we were this this year when we were there. They carried us down about 15, 20 feet below this what is the street level now there in Jerusalem. And lo and behold, there are these beautiful paved uh, areas there and columns that are, have been buried for years. That used to be the street level of that city. And so uh, as, you're, as you're there up close to the inside the walled area of the old city, they carry you down inside tunnels that are underneath what is the like the Temple Mount today, and they they give us this they gave us this talk, and they tell you all about how the Romans, how the the uh, uh, the limestone that makes up all the various uh, rocks and blocks and stuff that would have been in the temple, how if they you heat it with a certain type of fire, it begins to pop and crack, 
And so that's what, what would have happened during that day is they built the fires, they destroyed things, everything would have popped and cracked and fell down. You can see the rubble there around, around the walls today that's left of this. And so he says to them, uh, there shall not be one stone, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. As I sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came, as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, uh, the disciples came to him privately saying, uh, tell us when these things Shall, shall be, what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? They wanted to know they, three questions in one, and that's the reason uh, I, I really uh, appreciate Brother Adam as he's going through this because he's answering three questions in one, much like uh, much like you find some of the prophecies back in the Old, in the old Testament. Uh, and uh, uh, we could go over there, but I'll not take time to do that right now. How sometimes prophecies of his first and second coming are all in one verse. And unless you know how to uh, divide one part of the verse from the other part, you know, I can see how the old old writers, the old prophets, the old uh, priests of those days would have been very confused about what was going to happen, when it was going to happen, and so forth. So uh, Jesus kind of does some of that same thing. He blends in some AD 70 events with some uh, whenever it's going to happen out here in the future events, and they're all blended in together. Take some uh, some study, some reading, the learning to sort of uh, rightly divide all of this. But Jesus, as he's looking at this, says in verse 4, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am the Christ. And deceive many. Take heed that men don't deceive you in their teachings. Uh, I think I briefly mentioned this. Uh, uh, I don't know if it was Wednesday night now or if it was last Sunday, but you know, we were kind of uh, joking around. I'll say this. I guess it's recorded. I don't. I'm not concerned about that. I understand. You know that our our friend Mr. Uh, uh, Benny Hinn has renounced the wealth and prosperity doctrine that he's been preaching for years and years on TV and so forth. Uh, but as we talked about the other day, he hasn't given any of the money back. But he has denounced that all that was wrong. He shouldn't have been doing all of that, uh, that it wasn't according to the Bible. Uh, while he bought more airplanes and more houses and more stuff with all that stuff and so forth and so on. So, I mean, you know, uh, take heed. Why do you... Okay, so Brother Charles, you're not being very nice. You're talking about uh, one of God, probably what is one of God's little children and, and uh, that so forth. Uh, I'm saying this to you to say, take heed that no man deceive you. We need to be careful what they're teaching you and what they're talking about. Is this God's Word? Is it not God's Word? Have they molded or misused God's Word? Take heed that you uh, study. How do you do that? Well, give the more earnest heed to the things you've heard. Take heed what you hear. Let's turn over. We can real quickly. We'll uh, use this as a way to close it out this morning. Let's turn over to Mark chapter 4. Uh, as, we're, as we're reading here in Mark chapter 4, uh, uh, basically he's, he's going through the, the parable of the sower and the seed, uh, which you've heard many times. And he said, uh, as he's talking about this, he begins to explain to them here in Mark chapter 4 what the parable of the sower and the seed is about. Uh, that uh, 
some are some of the seeds going to fall by the wayside some of it's going to fall on good ground some of it's going to fall among thorns and nettles and he tells all of this what it is he says uh those that fell by the wayside you know the the word was preached the the, the seed is the the word of god and he says the the word of god is preached it falls by the wayside satan comes in and quickly robs away you know the joys of those that have heard it uh and he says those that fall among thorns and uh, and and nettles and so forth he says that's the word of god that's preached and suddenly the the cares of this world and the love of this world uh, chokes out what people have heard we've seen we know people that we could say they knew the word of god but they let the cares of this world and the joys of this world and the desires of this world choke out uh, the Word of God in in their lives, and he, then he goes on and talks about uh, that uh, uh, that the, some of these verse twenty, and these are they which were sown on good ground, uh, such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, some hundred. Even those that hear God's word and receive it on good ground, he says, they bring forth various amounts of fruit. Isn't that true of what we see among God's people? Uh, that some people uh, are more fruitful in the things that they've heard even when it falls on the good ground in their hearts and souls. And he says, verse 21, and he said unto them, is a candle brought, you'd, you'd almost think, say, well, is he talking about two different things? No, he's talking about the same message here as we continue on down through this book of Mark, uh, verse 21. And he said unto them, is a candle brought to be put under a bushel and under a bed and not to be set on the candlestick? For as there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested, neither was anything kept secret, but that it should be come abroad. If any man have he ears to hear, let him hear. Uh, so God's given you a spiritual ability to hear God's word. You're not just talking about having ears on the side of your head. Uh, he's talking about having a heart uh, that's been changed by the new birth. Uh, you've been born again. You have a, a spiritual ability to hear what God is preaching. He says, if you're hearing the preached word of God, uh, don't don't let that light of yours be that uh, should be on a candlestick and give light to the room. Don't put it under a bushel and hide it. Don't put it under the, you know, the putting it under the bed. That's an interesting expression. But anyway, don't put it under the bed. I said, I'm going to catch the bed on fire if you do that. But anyway, uh, you know, don't hide it under something. Don't put it under a bushel basket or something that dims the light down. Put it up on a candlestick and let it shine and light up the whole room. That, that was his point. And he says, take it. And he said unto them, take heed what you hear. Uh, with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you and to you that hear uh, it almost as if he goes into it here briefly and says and, and think about uh, you've heard the story in the uh, in the uh, scriptures about uh, the talents God gave one man one talent another man four talents or five talents another man ten talents and the ones that you, that had five and the one that had ten made use of their talents and God gave them more and the one that had the one talent he didn't use it he buried it. I've always thought that's interesting. He buried it in the earth, and thus in the earth. Uh, so I always wondered, did he bury it in this earth and not and not and not use it, use the talent he had? But anyway, he buried it in the earth. And when God came and asked, and when the man came and asked him an accountant of his talents, he said, "Well, I knew you were a rough, tough guy, and so I just wanted to make sure I had it to give back to you again. So I buried it, and you know, and he and he was wroth with him. He took it away from him and gave it to the one that had." used his talents well now so you listen to this portion of scripture we'll use this and close out he said take heed 
what you hear and what with what measure you meet or judge or rule with what you've been given. He says, it shall be measured to you. In other words, if you use what you have, God will measure more to you. And unto you that shall that hear shall more be given. To you that are hearing and thinking about God's word and the, uh, uh, this I know this the New Testament's written in Greek, but there is the Hebrew sense here of the Jews that hearing is not just hearing. Hearing means hearing and doing. That's the that's the Hebrew mindset. There is no word for just hearing. It's about hearing and doing. And so he says, uh, "Unto you that hear shall more be given. For he that hath to him shall be given. To he that hath not." From him shall be taken away even that that he hath. In other words, if you're listening and hearing God's word and not using it, God may say, you know what? Why should I continue to send you a messenger? Why should I continue to send you the word of God to be proclaimed to you? You're not using it anyway. You're not doing anything with it anyway. Why should I continue to send a messenger to you? Right? So, but to those that have, those that are putting it into practice, he'll give them more. I'll tell you, that's a good warning to all of us. You're saying, you know, well, I haven't gotten anything out of the message lately. Have you been using what God's given you out of the message? <laughs> are, you, are you putting it into practice? Maybe that's the reason you're not getting as much out of it uh, in, as, because you're not using, ruling, judging, doing with what God's given Take heed what you hear. If you're not putting it into practice and using it, God may take it away from you so that you're not even getting that. So anyway, uh, that's another take heed on the on the list here. Uh, Lord willing, next time we'll move and talk a little bit about, uh, he talks about take heed that your light be not darkness. So there, the, there's, a, it, it, there's a continuing theme of this, what we're to take heed to about what you hear. What you do with what you hear, how you use it, how you use your tongue, all of these things, how you do your charity. All of these things are things we need to take heed to, to be God's, uh, to be a light. Not to to let your light so shine uh, that men men may see it and give the glory to God. I think that's what all of this is about. Take heed to these things. Pay attention to them. May God bless you is our prayer.